0: Hello there, welcome to this special edition of the Suffolk Money podcast. I'm Colin Lowe. Uh, I host the podcast, but I'm also the Managing Director and Charter Financial Planner at Kingsfleet Wealth that supports uh, our regular programming. Um, well, we've got just a special edition today because you will have seen that Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, uh, brought the uh, recent spring update, uh, the financial update from the Treasury, and he was also just bringing some tax changes, national insurance changes um, to our awareness as well. So in addition to this, uh, which you'll be hearing, we've also provided a document which has been published Oh, which is the spring update for 2022. So there's uh, plenty of information in, in there. And um, it really is mindful of the fact that two years previously, so Monday uh, 23rd of March, 2020 the UK went into its first lockdown and I'm sure you might think back to hearing that um, announcement by Boris Johnson and uh, a bit of a shiver going down the back that we went into something that none of us have ever experienced before. Little did we know um, that we would have two years of impact really of COVID. And whereas I think probably at that stage we felt this would be something that would last for weeks or maybe even just a few months, the long-term effect on the economy has been pronounced. And it's not just in this country, this is something that is still having ripples around the world. And actually, the big issue that we're all addressing now, inflation, is really as a result of the immediate cessation of trading during that initial lockdown period throughout the UK and uh, abroad, and then restarting that. And the issues that the way the inflation's calculated, it's based on the difference between one year and the other. So automatically there's inflation built in when you have virtually zero at one stage, a flat line, and then you add something on top that will create inflation. So this is the issue that we're all having to address, Unfortunately, that's potentially um, not looking good for this year because we have seen some increases, quite significant increases, obviously in fuel costs, both for heating at home, electric and, um, and for fuel for cars and vehicles, petrol prices, so um, if you are to be looking at our document, there's quite a lot of background to this in pages two and three, just giving you some further information about um, the, the, the belief uh, of what inflation is going to be um, coming to this year. And of course, if you're of my age, then you will remember inflation. Um, so it particularly uh, was bad in the, in the late 70s into the early 80s. And then again, in the uh, early 90s, there was a period of high inflation, but really for the last nearly 30 years, it's not really had a significant impact on our economy. So we're mindful that lots of people have prepared their finances, their financial planning, maybe even their pension income, almost on an assumption that this is not something that is going to impact them. We believe for the next couple of years, this is still likely to be a story. Um, The current market projections are such that they believe this will drop off after a couple of years, whether that will be the case or not, who knows, but just be mindful of that in the financial planning which you are putting together. So as we move on through this document, uh, the economic background is on four and the political background is on page five. And then we go on to the speech, which you'll see on page six, seven and onwards. So obviously the primary focus is on the cost of living crisis. Um, and the things we just need to be mindful of there is that he, uh, Rishi Sunak has taken five pence per litre government fuel duty off um, petrol diesel prices. The problem is that so much of the cost of fuel at petrol pumps is duty and VAT that just one tiny little bit being taken away seems to be pretty insignificant, and on average we've seen that that's then going to be referred to a total of about £100 worth of difference over the course of the year for the average car driver. for hauliers, it's a little bit more significant, but it's still in comparison to the total cost that hauliers have to put in in terms of fuel, making a £1,500 saving for the average haulier actually is negligible compared to the total cost of their fuel. So it's, a, it's an acknowledgement that there is an issue, but it still doesn't really address it. Um, what will make a change to that is if we start to see some nations that perhaps are holding back on their oil supply, increasing that, because then that in turn will bring down the cost of crude oil. If the cost of crude oil falls, falls, then we will see that reflected back into the petrol pumps again. So that's the next issue is why is that not happening? Well, the issue we've got there is um, because of the issue in Russia and Ukraine, that too is reducing supply that perhaps would otherwise coming from Russia, which has put the price, of uh, crude oil up. Um, if other nations that uh, produce oil increase their supply, it then reduces the price in the market. So they've got a balancing act here because there becomes a point whereby the average user of their car will say it's not worth me using that, or it's not worth me commuting, it's not worth me driving to the shops, because it's so costly. If that happens, then they just don't use it at all. So that becomes a point whereby the um, supply of oil then becomes pointless. So because there's alternative energy supplies now, there's electric vehicles, we can uh, use more renewable power There is a challenge to the producers of crude oil to say actually if you keep the price high you just price people not just out of the market but to find alternatives. People can now work from home much better than they could pre-COVID so actually the need for a commute is something that is being questioned by more people too. So all of these are issues which need to be considered by oil producing companies and countries sorry um, and therefore it there is some query as to whether the price can stay this high for too long. It tends not to historically, but it doesn't mean that this time is any different. So uh, that's one thing. So, a reduction in uh, the uh, uh, five pence, so, we got five pence per litre duty cut was uh, implemented. And then there's also relief on the installation of energy-saving materials, so VAT has been removed, VAT has been removed on energy-saving materials, so if these are things that you've been putting off um, and you have the funds available, it would be well worth exploring that because we don't know how long um, that's going to be available for, so do make the use of that to insulate home, perhaps put some energy-saving arrangements in place. I do really feel we have this window of opportunity between now and the autumn to try and make our homes as energy efficient as possible because if fuel costs are still high next winter we really want to be in a position of using as little as possible. And then there's going to be some targeted support to vulnerable households which you will read about um, on page nine of that report. So we then go into this um, complex issue of tax and national insurance which you will see referred to, which starts on page 10. So the the first thing, and this is really good, and it's long overdue, governments for years have ignored this. So what we've always had is this um, point, uh, an amount of earnings that you can have every year before income tax comes into play. And that's currently set at this rather bizarre figure of £12,570. So in other words, you can have income of £12,570. However, for employed people, they pay national insurance. They pay national insurance up to state pension age. Beyond that, there is um, no national insurance deducted or paid through rent, through uh, dividend income, um and so on uh pension income from you know personal pensions and so on so currently if you're working you pay national insurance Uh, once you earn £9,568 so there is this bizarre gap of about £3,000 between the two where you're not paying tax but you could be paying national insurance well the good thing is that's now equalised so that figure has now become from July £12,570 before you pay any national insurance or before you pay any tax that's that's a good thing that should have been done years ago I think there could be an awful lot more but um, there we are that bit is done so that's good so that benefits all employees that they won't be paying national insurance until they're earning £12,570. But of course there is an increase uh, coming in national insurance which is starting from next month and that's the 1.25% increase that is scheduled to take effect and that's been announced for some time. So, there does appear to be a pivotal point of 30 to 35,000 where those who um, have earnings in excess of that level will be worse off because of this additional um, uh, national insurance rate. Mm -hmm. Those who are below that level will be better off because the increased um, starting point offsets that additional national insurance charge. So say 30 to 35,000 does appear to be the pivotal point. If you are above that, you will be paying more. If you are below that, you would be paying less, which is again, um, probably heading in the right direction. But then the new thing that's come on the scene is the promise or, uh, or the objective maybe by the Chancellor to reduce income tax to take it down from 20% to 19% by the end of this Parliament. Parliament's run for five years. The election was um, November 2019, November, December, can't remember which, but at the end of 2019, so five years means by the end of 2024. So at some point during that time, the objective is to cut in the basic rate of income tax to 19 pence in the pound as opposed to 20%. Again, Phil, that's a little bit unreasonable because uh, we've just had an increase in Nash insurance which is only on workers whereas everybody benefits uh from a reduction in income tax um again I yeah I think that's a bit of a shame really I think it would have been made more sense just to um uh so I think we've got to find a way of bringing these two together because I think it's it's slightly unfair. But that's, that's where it is. Um, I'm not trying to put my view on these things. What difference does that make? So if you're an individual who has the ability to make personal pension contributions, you get tax relief based on your... Highest rate of income tax. So, if you're a basic rate taxpayer, you get 20% tax relief at the moment on your personal contributions. What that really means is you can pay 80. You can pay 100 pounds into your personal pension, and it costs you 80 if you're a basic rate taxpayer. That will, of course, be changing when the basic rate of tax falls to 19% it means to put in £100, it's going to cost you 81 because you only get 19% tax relief, not 20%. So, uh, in other words, over these next couple of years, if you have the opportunity, make the most of that. It doesn't just depend on pensions, though. Um, The other issue that it relates to is gift aid, and I can't see how that's going to change either. So, if you give money to a charity, again, the same rules apply. So, Um, If you want to give £100 to a charity and you use gift aid, currently it costs you £80 to do that. And then they claim back um, the gift aid on that. And you can do the same. It offsets against your tax. So it's it's a very positive benefit. But again, charities are going to lose out on that as individuals we are going to lose out. So again, if you have flexibility and you have the capacity to make those gifts over the next little while, do the best that you can there as well. Bring it forward I suppose don't delay is really what we're trying to say so these are the key things that affect individuals and um, we've just got to be mindful of uh, how that helps people with their financial planning and again if you just want to read the detail on that then please just take a look at pages 11 and uh, sorry page 12 and 13 uh, for information there page 12 Uh, for personal taxation page 13 for business taxation, a lot of which again has already been announced. So you can follow those through. Um, There's lots of sort of technical things on research and development tax credits which are also referred to on page 14. Um, And there's also some additional increase to the employment allowance. Uh, which is hugely helpful, I have to say, as a business owner. um, So the Employment Allowance essentially um, encourages uh, employers to take on more staff because it helps offset some of the cost of national insurance um, for businesses, which is is a good thing. It's particularly beneficial to smaller businesses. um, Maybe just gets lost as a small amount for a larger business, but for small businesses, it's hugely helpful. So anyway, all the detail there is on pages 14, 15, and so on, and you'll find all the further information regarding um, the spring statement contained in that document, and you might want to be looking at that alongside what we've just been talking through. So it's a bit of a brief synopsis, brief summary. Some of these aspects do influence decisions and the timing of financial planning if you're in any doubts about any of these things please do um, contact us either through the Suffolk Money website or if you want to approach Kings Fleet Wealth directly um, through their website there's a contact us um, section on there and uh, we hope that, that just brings you up to date with some of the financial issues raised um, during the course of this week. Thank you for listening.